0: you would take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2. Again, very familiar passage, but I hope that we can look at it with some fresh eyes this morning and just remember the beauty of this truth. Uh, The author C.J. Mahaney, I believe we read one of his books as a church, he wrote regarding the truth of the gospel that sometimes the most important things are the easiest to forget. He goes on in this little book called The Cross-Centered Life to talk about why we should and how we can constantly remind ourselves of the good news of Jesus Christ, that he has come into the world to die on the cross, to save us from the wrath of God against our sin and to make us children of the King of Kings. And one way we remember important but easily forgotten truths is through holidays. It's through Days and seasons that are set set apart for pausing to meditate on deep, life-changing truths. And Christmas is, is one such holiday. It's a day, a season when we pause in the midst of all the busyness of life to think on and to rejoice at the truth of the Incarnation, the miracle of God becoming man to save us. So it's very ironic that Christmas has become so busy that we no longer have time to pause and to reflect as it was intended to be. So I I I think about that. I think about my dad always told me that his his grandfather, my great-grandfather Edwards, he can remember one of his clear memories is a great-grandpa Edwards going to church every Christmas morning. He was always at church. He was a Lutheran, and so there were services always, and he would be there celebrating. So it makes perfect sense for us to be here on Christmas morning. It makes, it's good for us to leave our houses. It's good for us to leave all the presents at home, to leave the Christmas tree and the Christmas feast that will get done. It'll be prepared when it's time to be done. And, and to take this time to come together and to remember why we invest all this time and energy in Christmas. What's the reason for it? It's, it's to remind us of truths that we should never forget, but that we often do forget. Today we're going to consider this familiar story of the shepherds. And it's one that you've heard. You hear it almost once a year. But it's good because we forget about this. Let's read from Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 20. Luke chapter 2 beginning in verse 8. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. The message that was given to the shepherds is simple. It's this, the Savior has been born. The the Savior has been born the Messiah has come, your rescuer is here. And in response to this message, the text gives us some some ways to react to this truth that the Savior of the world is born. And the first is this, the Savior has come, don't be afraid. The Savior has come, don't be afraid. The message of the prophets in the years prior to these angelic visitations, it always had this silver lining, But, but the messages were often meant to instill the fear of God. They were meant to bring people to their knees in repentance to God. And after that 400 years of silence that we talked about last week, the echoes of the prophets, these are the messages that are ringing in people's ears, and it causes them to wonder what's going to happen to our nation. If God does speak, what's his message going to be when he shows up? And the angel of the Lord appears to the shepherds. What One of our children's Bibles, they call the angel the warrior of light, which is probably a good description of what he was like. This warrior of light shows up, and his first words are words of peace and hope. He says, don't be afraid. The shepherds were terrified by the presence of the angel, but he told them not to be afraid because the message he was bringing was one that was filled to the brim with goodness and joy. It was the message of Emmanuel that God was with his people. The Israelites had always longed for the presence of God. I, you remember we looked at some time ago at Exodus after the incident with the golden calf, and, and God said, you can go into the land, but I'm not going with you. And the Israelites were completely dismayed at this because they didn't want the land without the presence of God. I also think about Joshua, when God calls Joshua in Joshua chapter one, he bolsters his courage. He says, be strong and courageous. Why? Because I'm going to be with you, Joshua, just like I was with Moses. Be strong and courageous because I will be with you wherever you go. My kids sometimes get scared. Maybe it's at night or for other reasons. But what calms them most is my presence or my wife's presence or us together being there with them. When we are near There's no need for fear. And the angel's message to the shepherd and to us is this. The Savior has come. Don't be afraid. And don't be afraid because he comes bringing peace to all people. He is coming to you not to cause dismay or distress, but he's coming to you as people. It says, with whom he is pleased, on whom his favor is resting. One of my favorite Christmas songs says it like this. While shepherds watched their flocks by night, all seated on the ground, then an angel of the Lord came down and glory shone around. Fear not, said he, for mighty dread had seized their troubled minds. Glad tidings of great joy I bring to you and all mankind. The Savior has come. Don't be afraid beyond not being afraid, we also see the second thing in the message of the angels and the response of the shepherds, and it's this. The Savior has come. Rejoice. The angels tell the shepherds what not to do at the coming of the king, but they also tell the shepherds what to do, and the thing to do is to rejoice. Thank you, Hannah. You got it. Rejoice. We're not to be afraid, and we're to rejoice at the coming of the king. For those of us who have Come to Jesus. We have bowed to him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is the message that resonates with our hearts, to rejoice. Christmas fills us with peace and joy. It causes us to, to long for Jesus' second advent when he comes to take us to himself, when we can be with him for all eternity, just as he has come to be with us. But I would say for those apart from Christ, Christmas could, in fact, fill them with fear and not with joy, but with sorrow. We could think of Herod. Herod's reaction to the birth of Jesus was not to rejoice at the coming of the king, but to reject Jesus as the king. The thought of Jesus coming to earth reveals in some way whether or not we have bowed our knee to him or not. The thought of him coming in judgment of sin can reveal the sin in our own hearts, but there's, there's hope. There's hope because the baby in the manger became the man upon the cross who bore our sins on his shoulders. And he who knew no sin, who was innocent from his infancy all the way to his death, became sin on my behalf and on your behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. For those of us whom God has revealed himself to, I love that about this passage, it says, uh, they they say, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. If God has revealed himself to us, that the message of the Savior has come, and the parallel message that he's coming again then then we are to rejoice but there are those for whom this message is foolishness or maybe it brings fear or sorrow maybe even in this room that's your response to christmas for those who cannot or will not rejoice at the message of christmas then we see another way that we should follow the lead of the shepherds and it's this the savior has come make the message known the savior has come make the message known the angels told the shepherds where to find Jesus, and they told the shepherds who he was. But they didn't say anything about spreading that message after they saw Jesus. But after the shepherds saw Jesus, they they realized who he was, and they couldn't hold it in. They told everyone that they could the good news, that the Messiah had come, and that he was bringing salvation. It says here they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph, and then afterwards, in verse 17, when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. You may have received a wonderful gift this Christmas, already this morning. And your reaction is to tell everyone you know what you have received. Someone will ask you, what, you, what did you get for Christmas? and You'll be so excited. I can remember as a kid, some of the best gifts that I got. And someone would say, what did you get? And I was so excited to tell them what I, what I received for Christmas. But don't forget to share the greatest gift that you have received. If you're a follower of Christ, then you have been given a Savior. You've been given a rescuer. You've been given a way of salvation, a message of hope, forgiveness of sins, the hope of heaven. And if we've been given that, then our natural, natural reaction should be to make the message known, to, to tell others the message. Just as the angels told the shepherds and the, the shepherds to, shared it with others, we too should go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere, to tell everyone that Jesus Christ is born and that his entrance into the world that he created to live and to die has made a way of salvation possible. And so here's a final thought. We've said that the Savior has come. Don't be afraid. The Savior has come. Rejoice. The Savior has come. Make the message known. And finally, the Savior has come. Glorify and praise God. We are to join the angels, to to join the shepherds, to join Zacharias and Elizabeth, to join Mary and Joseph, and glorify and praise God, to speak to him of how wonderful he is, to lift up his name as the only way of salvation. Christmas is about the glory of God seen in the person of Jesus Christ. What do the angels say? Glory to God in the highest. And what happens to the shepherds in verse 20? The shepherds went back. Glorifying and praising God. Christmas causes us to glorify God. We lift up his name as the only way of salvation. We come and we see this God-man who has scattered all of our fears. Who has filled us with joy. Who has made us proclaimers of the good news. And who has allowed us to live lives for his glory. To live as we were intended to live. Christmas is about God and the glory of his name. Today is my birthday. Thank you. (laughs) One of the beauties about having your birthday is on on Christmas. One of the beauties about sharing your birthday with Jesus is that you're reminded that life is not about you. You can't get much you can't have share a birthday with someone who's who's greater much greater than, than Jesus, right? It's impossible. So it's a good reminder to me. And I, actually, I never understand why people make a big deal out of their birthday. Because it's, it's another day for me. It's a day to focus on Christ. And in fact, that's, that's what all of our lives are to be. A, a reminder that this life isn't about you. It's about the glory of God. It's about God having sent Jesus so that we would come and bow before him and worship him alone. So the Savior has come don't be afraid rejoice make the message known and glorify and praise God not just on on Christmas but every day we looked last week at Zacharias and Mary and their different responses to the angelic visions you remember that Zacharias you remember was was struck dumb he was unable to speak for nine months nine months of silence he certainly had Time to think about what God was doing. And when his lips were loose, the first thing that he did was praise God. On the other hand, Mary had the ability to speak for the nine months that she was pregnant. And she took the opportunity, we see, to sing praises to God of his greatness, of the coming Messiah that she was going to give birth to. But when Jesus was born, she was left totally speechless. Luke tells us twice that she just pondered things in her heart she didn't know what to say in response to this miracle so this morning my christmas gift to you is a moment of silent reflection i don't know what the rest of your day holds it may be hectic and you might not have a moment of silence for the rest of the day we do this every sunday in response to the message but it just makes so much sense this morning on christmas day a day of busyness very often but we're going to take a moment and reflect After that moment, we're going to join our voices together and rejoice and praise God and sing joy to the world. We're going to sing to the Savior who has come to drive out all of our fear, to fill our hearts with joy, and then to fill our mouths with his message and with songs of praise to him alone. As we sing joy to the world, we'll also take up a benevolence offering. Just a great opportunity to give and give with in with the hopes of showing God's love to others as he has shown his love to us. So take a moment and ponder these things, and then uh, Joel is going to come, and he will lead us in joy to the world, and then offer us a benediction.